Lord, and I ask that your Spirit would come upon me, and that you would help me to say the things that you would have me to say, Lord, and that you would uh, help me to preach this sermon the way you would have me to preach it, Father. We love you, Lord. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Alright, well we're there in uh, Genesis chapter number uh, 41, and just to kind of bring you up to speed, or to just to remind you of uh, everything that's going on there with Joseph, if you remember, Joseph was sold into captivity, into slavery by his brothers. And he went down into, uh, he was sold to the Ishmaelites, the Ishmaelites brought him down into Egypt, and he was sold unto Potiphar, uh, a captain of the guard of uh, Pharaoh there. He was the captain of the guard, uh, and he was protecting Pharaoh, he was in charge of protecting Pharaoh. And uh, Joseph uh, became a slave boy for him, and he went up the ranks there with Potiphar. Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph, and he, and he climbed up the ranks there through hard work and discipline, and uh, Joseph uh, was the second in command in Potiphar. For his house, and Potiphar the Bible tells us didn't even know the, what happened in his house. All he knew was the food that he had in front of him, and Joseph took care of the entire business. And if you remember, Potiphar's wife lied about Joseph and had him thrown into prison. And Joseph has seemingly been forgotten by all. He's been forgotten by his brothers. They sold him off into slavery, and they just forgot about him, never thought about him again. He's been forgotten by his father, which hasn't really been forgotten by his father. In fact, I'm sure his father actually thought of him quite a bit. But his, his father, being lied to by his uh, sons there, believes that Joseph is dead. Potiphar's wife, who lied about Joseph and ruined his testimony, uh, discredited his character and ended his career there, has seemingly forgotten about Joseph, and I don't know how she could lay her head down at night knowing that a man was in prison uh, because of her lies, but there we were, Potiphar's wife has forgotten about Joseph, Potiphar has forgotten about Joseph. And most recently, we saw there last uh, week, if you go back to chapter 40 and verse 14, you remember when Joseph interpreted the dreams for the butler and the baker? And if you remember in verse 14, Joseph said to uh, the butler, he said, When you get out of prison, he said, But think on me, when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house, for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. And if you remember, Joseph pled with the butler there, and he asked, and he said, please remember me. And when you're out of this prison, can you come out, can you tell Pharaoh, and can you bring me out of here? And if you look at the last verse of chapter number 40, we saw, we saw that very sad verse there where it said, Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. And seemingly everyone, including the butler now, has forgotten about Joseph. And if you look at verse 1 of chapter 41, the Bible says, And it came to pass at the end of two full years. Two years went by. After Joseph had interpreted the dream for the butler, and he had asked him and said, Please, when, when it's well with you, will you remember me? And will you remember I don't deserve to be here? I don't want to be here. I just want to go back home. I just want to see my father. Will you please help me? And the Bible says the chief butler forgot about him. Two years went by. 24 months. And we got to ask ourselves this question. Often we ask ourselves this question as we're studying the life of Joseph. What is God doing exactly? Or what is God's plan? Does God even have a plan? 
And in chapter 41, we can see all these different things and all these different events come together. There is a plan. There is a purpose for all of this. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about God's plan in Joseph's life. Number one, God's plan is to prepare Joseph for Pharaoh. God's plan is to prepare Joseph to meet Pharaoh. God was preparing Joseph to be the most powerful man in Egypt, therefore making him the most powerful man in the world. The only person who would have more power in the world at that time than Joseph would be the would be King Pharaoh himself. No man would have more power, more authority than Joseph other than the king himself. And God was preparing Joseph for this position. Now see, we as human beings, we would send a man to prepare him for this type of position. We would send him to like Princeton. It's interesting, God sends him to prison. Isn't that interesting? See, we would think, you want to send a man like that to Harvard, to Princeton, to Yale, to some sort of a, a high educational system. But God sends a man like that through slavery and through prison and through all sorts of different things. I'd like to just show you a few verses. Uh, verse goes me to Isaiah, please. Isaiah is one of the, ma- the first major prophets there. You can find towards the end of the New Testament, the first major prophet, Isaiah. Look at chapter number 55. We'll look at one verse. Look at verse 9. Isaiah chapter number 55 and verse 9. The Bible says this. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, is what God says. And my thoughts than your thoughts. See, we think, God, if you're going to prepare Joseph, he's got to have a good education. He's got to go to Princeton. And God says, no, 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 no. He's got to go to prison. See, God says, my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And oftentimes we think, God, you know, if you're going to prepare a man, you've got to send him through a business management and, and, and this class and that class and diversity and all these things. But God says, no, when I prepare a man, I send him through the school of hard knocks. I send him through the school of trials, of tribulations. Study, study as God prepares men in the Bible. I challenge you, show me a Bible college in the Bible. Show me where God, where people go to school somewhere and they learn to walk with God in the Bible. Joseph, I would submit to you, his preparation came through the trials of being in slavery, through the trials of being in prison, through the trials of being tempted when no man was looking, when no one would blame him, when no one would say, Joseph, you're out of line for taking, you know, for allowing yourself to sleep with Potiphar's wife. I mean, Joseph could say, God doesn't care about me. Nobody cares about me. I'm here in slavery. Nobody can see me. But see, remember that that phrase we kept reading about Joseph? All throughout in that chapter where it said, The Lord was with Joseph. That was Joseph's preparation. Study men throughout the Bible. John the Baptist, the Bible tells us that God had... Where did God prepare John the Baptist? The Bible tells us He prepared him in the wilderness. Do you remember where the Bible tells us that, that Moses was prepared for the ministry that God... The Bible doesn't, doesn't tell us that Moses was prepared uh, in the 40 years of, of Egyptian schooling that he received, but he was prepared in the 40 years of being on the backside of the wilderness, of being out hiding and running from the law and running from peril. And the Bible tells us that in that place... See, God's preparation, my friend, and here's what you got to understand, because so often we want God to promote us. We want God to advance us, but you got to understand, Advancement comes only after adversity. And the training for the ministry that God has for your life is when God can get you alone. 
And when you can truly say, I have met with God. See, God, see Joseph's preparation came with in all those different statements when it said, the Lord was with Joseph. The Bible tells us about Paul, who was, by the way, an educated man. The only one of the apostles. All the other apostles, the Bible tells people, they said that they were unlearned and ignorant men. And the apostle Paul, who was the only apostle who you could say went to Bible college. And you know what he said about his education? He said, I count it but dumb. He said, I, I, I count it bull, you know. That's what he said. And I'm not trying to be vulgar, I apologize to Tony. But that, that's what he said. He said, it's dumb. But you know how God prepared? You can read it in Galatians. The Bible says that He prepared Paul by keeping him three years in Arabia. Before he went back to Jerusalem to show himself. Why, why is it that it seems like God takes these men and separates See, God just takes these men and He separates them. See, He sanctifies them. The, the word sanctification, you know, the Bible says that we are all saints when we accepted Jesus Christ. The word saint or sanctification or holiness, it means to be separated from the world unto God. And if God is going to prepare you for what He has in store for you, it's going to come as He separates you, as He brings you out of this world, as He separates you from whatever you've got attachments to, and He brings you out and separates you unto Himself. And when you can say that I have truly been with God, and the Lord is with me, then now you are ready. Joseph was now ready to meet Pharaoh. But he was prepared through the school of hard knocks. Through the school of trials and tribulations. That's how God prepares people. God was preparing, God was not only preparing Joseph, but God was preparing Pharaoh. God was preparing Joseph to make him the most powerful man in Egypt. Second only to the king. But God was preparing Pharaoh to make Joseph the most powerful man in Egypt, second only to the king. You say, what are you talking about? Look at verse number 1 again. The Bible says, And it came to pass at the end of two full, years, two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fat flesh, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean flesh, and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean flesh kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. So Pharaoh awoke. And he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. See, this is what you got to understand. Remember, remember when Joseph asked the butler, please remember me? Joseph thought that his sure far way out of prison was going to be through the butler. But I want you to notice something. God didn't begin with the butler. Did you notice that God began with the king? See, God's ways are higher than our ways. We, we, we as humans, we analyze and we think, okay, Joseph's calculating, okay, if I'm going to get out of prison, I'm not going to be able to write a letter to Potiphar. It's, that's not going to work. Uh, Potiphar's wife probably not going to uh, take back her word. But the butler, he might be able to get me out. But see, God did not begin with the butler. That was Joseph's plan. God began with the king. And God began with the dream. And I'd like you to notice the dream was preparing Pharaoh to meet Joseph. You say, what are you talking about? Well, look at verse 8. And it came to pass in the morning, notice this phrase, that his spirit was troubled. See, the dreams 
produced in Pharaoh a sense of disaster. A sense of pending disaster. He, he all of a sudden became very fearful. His spirit was troubled and he was afraid that something very bad was going to happen. God was preparing him to meet Joseph, to listen to Joseph. Not only that, but look at verse 8 again. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream. But, look what the Bible says, there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. The dream not only produced a sense of disaster in Pharaoh, but the dream produced a sense of dissatisfaction in Pharaoh. Pharaoh brings all his magicians, all his wise men. He says, he brings all the people, the smartest people in here. And he says, I need you to explain to me what this dream is. He tells them the dream and none of them can, can tell them. They do their rituals, they do whatever they did at that time. And they, you know, their witchcraft and all that garbage. And, and they, come to, they come to them and they say, we don't know. And Pharaoh felt very dissatisfied, very disillusioned, and God was preparing him to meet Joseph. Not only was God preparing Joseph to become the second most powerful man in Egypt, God was preparing Pharaoh to make Joseph the second most powerful man in Egypt. But not only that, number three, God was preparing the butler to recommend Joseph to be the most powerful man in Egypt. Second only to the king. And granted, the butler didn't know that. But see, look at verse number 9. Then, after two years, something clicks. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servant and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, and I and he, and we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, in Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was me he restored into mine office, and him he hanged. See, you gotta, you know, we, we down on the baker, uh, um, the butler there a lot for forgetting about Joseph, but the truth of the matter is, you know, enough time had passed for the butler to speak to Pharaoh of his imprisonment without fear. You know, if I was, if I was the butler, I wouldn't want to mention it to, to uh, a Pharaoh either, you know. A week after they get out of prison, hey Pharaoh, do you remember uh, when, I, you know, when I did that one thing and it really upset me, you threw me in prison? <clears throat> and Pharaoh would be like, actually, you know what, I do remember that. <laughs> um, go back to prison. You know, he, you know, but two full years have gone down back, gone, gone by now. And, and the butler probably feels a little more comfortable to speak about this. See, it's, it's very interesting how God works because God was preparing Joseph to meet Pharaoh. God was preparing Pharaoh to meet Joseph. Pharaoh would not... You think he would care to listen to a prisoner if he didn't have a dream that he needed to be interpreted? You think he would care to listen to a prisoner if he didn't have a dream that needed to be interpreted and none of his wise men could interpret it? See, God was preparing. God was preparing the butler. And here's what you've got to understand. The stage was now ready for Joseph to meet Pharaoh. See, the butler might have been able to get Pharaoh out of prison, but the butler could not get, to get Joseph out of prison, I'm sorry, 
But the butler could not promote Joseph to be the second most powerful man in the world. But Pharaoh could. See, and here's what you've got to understand. God does what is right at the right time. God does what is right at the right time. Go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. Ecclesiastes. you got Psalms, Proverbs, and then you've got the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. Look at verse number 11. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, the Bible says this, He hath made everything beautiful, but notice, in His time. God always does what's right. But God not only does what's right, God does what's right at the right time. God does what's good at a good time. See, we think, God, have you forgotten about Joseph? But God did not forget Joseph. God is just working on his schedule. And the time was now right. And as you're going through your school, you know, we often ask these kids, how's school going? Well, you're going through school. I'm going through school. School of trials. School of hard knocks. God is preparing you. God is preparing me for whatever He has for us to do. Just like He was preparing Joseph. And oftentimes we look at God and we say, God, this is taking too long. God, have you forgotten about me? God, what are you doing? Are you even paying attention? But here's what you've got to understand. God is always on His throne. God always does what is right. And God always does it at the right time. And often, God's time is not our time. God has this way about Him of, of, of making us wait just to the moment. You know, God has this way about Him of, of getting the children of Israel to the Red Sea. And not only does He get to the Red Sea, but then He gets Pharaoh and his army following behind them to kill them. And right at the right time, He decides. He doesn't part it, not a moment too soon, not a moment too late. God is always there at the right time. When was Joseph supposed to... Do you know that... Uh, you know, I don't know if we read it, if we got that far in the, in the text there. But the Bible says that Joseph came out of... And you can go back to uh, Genesis uh, 41 there. But the Bible says that Joseph came out of prison as a 30-year-old man. Do you remember how old Joseph was when we met him at the beginning of our series here, when he got sold into slavery? 17. 17 years old. You know, uh, remember he was, he was 17, he got the coat of many colors. And, you know, we don't know exactly when he was sold into slavery. We know that he was still wearing the coat of many colors. So he was probably 17, maybe 18 years old. He comes out of prison at the age of 30. 13 years. 13 years. Right? Am I doing the math? I'm not doing the math wrong, right? 13 years of a life of slavery and imprisonment. Which, which one would you choose? Which one's better? Prison or slave? It's the same thing. 13 years. God was preparing Joseph. God prepared Pharaoh. God prepared the butler. God, here's what the interesting thing is too. Joseph was trying to pull strings with the butler. But God, see, God had, you know, better contacts. God was pulling strings with Pharaoh. And you know what the beautiful thing about God is that so often God works on the other side. You know, where you don't know what he's doing. He doesn't know. Joseph doesn't know Pharaoh. Joseph doesn't know what God is doing. Joseph doesn't know that Pharaoh was dreaming that dream. But God often works on the other side. 
And God always does what's right at the right time. We said, number one, that God's plan was to prepare Joseph to meet Pharaoh. Number two, God's plan was to present Joseph to Pharaoh. God's plan was to present Joseph to Pharaoh. Look at verse number uh, 14. Verse number 14 in Genesis 41, the Bible says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came unto Pharaoh. Wouldn't that be an amazing moment right there? I mean, Joseph has been doing this for 13 years. He gets up in the morning. We know that he's pretty much running the prison. You know, he gets up in the morning. Maybe he's doing his, his daily routine there. Maybe he's just checking up on the prisoners. Maybe sure everybody got their breakfast. Maybe, you know, handing out the, 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 the different uh, work for the day. Say, okay, you take care of this and you take care of that. We need somebody to sleep over here. Just do it. And all of a sudden, here comes the guards. And they say, hey, Joseph, come on. Pharaoh wants to see you. What? Pharaoh wants to see me? Yeah, something about some dream. What? Yeah, yeah, hurry up, man. You gotta go. You wanna, you know, you're trying to get my head cut off? They said, hey, Joseph, you know, shave that beard. You gotta look good when you go in, in front of Pharaoh. Change those raiment, get him some new clothes. And the Bible says that he came in unto Pharaoh. Look at verse 15. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of, notice these words, I heard say of thee. In the King James Bible, that's singular. That thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. What a moment. Think about that. Pharaoh says, I've heard that thou, that you, Joseph, can interpret a dream. Joseph better take all the credit right I'm sure Joseph had the devil speaking in his ear saying, Now's your chance, Joseph. God forgot about you. After all those lies, after all those backstabbings, after your brothers sold you into slavery, after they lied about you, after they sold you because of that coat. Do you remember that? Do you remember Potiphar's wife, Pharaoh? How she lied about you? Same thing because of a coat that she had. You remember how Potiphar didn't believe you when you told him that, that, that you didn't do anything and he threw you? Now it's your chance. He could have said, hey, yeah, it's me. But notice what he responded. And Joseph answered Pharaoh and saying, It is not in me. So you want to know why God was able to promote Joseph to the second most powerful man in the world? Here's why. Because God could trust Joseph. He proved himself trustworthy when tempted by the woman. And here when tempted by, the, by Pharaoh, he could have all the praise, all the glory. And he said, It is not in me. He said, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. See, Joseph's hope, and we talked about this last week, his hope and his faith was always in God. And it's very interesting. You know, sometimes we read through these stories and you've got to slow down and really understand what's going on. History tells us that Pharaoh was considered a god. Now, obviously, we understand that he wasn't a god. He would be a lowercase g-god, a false god. His position there as the pharaoh of Egypt, the king of Egypt, was as much a religious position as it was a political religion. He was, his position was considered that of a priest king. 
He was a mediator between the people and the spirits. They literally believed that the Pharaoh was the incarnation of one of their gods, Ra. He was considered a god by the Egyptians. And Joseph, a prisoner, says to Pharaoh, it is not in me, notice what he says, capital G, God, shall give lower G, Pharaoh, God, an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven kinds. That's like talking about seven, you know, cows. Fat flesh. So these were fat cows, healthy cows. And well favored. And they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them. Poor and very ill-favored and lean flesh. He said, "These are, first out of the, the the Nile. There come out out of the river. Uh, come out uh, seven cows, and they're just healthy cows, fat cows, strong cows. And then there come out these other seven cows. He says, very, very anemic, very weak. He said, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. He said, I've never seen kind like this. Look at verse twenty." And the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kinds. So these, these cows literally come up and they start eating the cows. Talk about mad cow disease. <laughs> Feeding a lot, you know, meat to cows. So they're eating these weak, anemic, ill-favored cows are eating these, this lean flesh cows are eating the fat flesh cows. Look at verse 21. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them. So it's very interesting. He says, you know, you think these skinny cows, after they ate these big cows, you think they would have got a little fatter. But they looked just as weak. But they were still ill-favored as, as at the beginning. So I woke. So he says, I woke up. I woke. That was a weird dream. Look at verse 22. And I saw, he went back to sleep, the Bible told us there uh, previously, and he says, and I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up uh, in one stalk. So now he says, I had another dream. I saw corn come up. I saw one stalk and there were seven ears coming off that stalk. Full and good. He saw, man, these were nice. These were healthy. You know, you could tell. You know, the sun was shining on them. They looked good. And behold, seven ears, withered, thin, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. Look at verse 25. Look at Joseph's boldness. Remember, he's talking to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world. He's talking to Pharaoh, who is considered a god by these people. And notice what he says to this ruler, to this lowercase g god, to this, you know, priest king. He says, and Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. Notice what he says. I love this from, from Joseph. Joseph's not holding back. He says, God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. You know what Pharaoh, what Joseph is telling God? What was Joseph is telling Pharaoh? Joseph is saying, Pharaoh, I know all these people worship you like a god. I know you've got all the power around here. I know you've got all the money around here. I know you've got all these different things. But let me tell you something. I'm not, I can't interpret the dream. God can interpret the dream. But I've got to tell you something, Pharaoh. You are not in control. You are not on the throne. You are not in power. God is actually just sending you a memo and letting you know what He is getting ready to do. You wonder why Joseph was able to go through the trials, go through the slavery, go through the prisons, go through the lies, go through the abuse, maybe the beatings and all those 
what's got Joseph through the prison. That's what got him through Potiphar's eye. The whole time he stood, and he looked at Pharaoh, and he looked at the tongue, and he looked at the captain of the guard and the army, and he said, hey, God's in control, Pharaoh. And he's here to tell you what he's about to do. Wasn't Joseph a great man? Look at verse 26. The seven good kind, or seven years. And the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, He showeth unto Pharaoh. You know what He's saying? He's saying, he's saying Pharaoh, see God who's actually in control? He's just letting you know what He's getting ready to do. He sent you a memo. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And it's interesting here, because here we have a 30-year-old who spent all of his adult life as a slave and a prisoner, and he's getting ready to give the most powerful man in the world an economics lesson. Look what he says, verse 30. And there shall arise after the seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice, it is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, and let them gather all the food of those good years that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities, and that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through famine. And the, you know what, you say, what, what were they doing exactly? Here's what they were doing. They were budgeting. You talked about that this morning? That's good. Look at verse 37. They were preparing for a rainy day. Rainy seven years. Look at verse 37. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all the servants. We said, number one, God's plan is to prepare Joseph for Pharaoh. He said, number two, God's plan was to present Joseph to Pharaoh. Number three, God's plan was to promote Joseph through Pharaoh. Look at verse 38. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God hath showed thee all this. You notice how the priest, king, small g, God, so-called God, Pharaoh, is now acknowledging the big G God of Joseph, and he said, Wow, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took of his ring from his hand, and put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, and put a gold chain about his neck, and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. 
in the in the military we had this phrase whenever you had appointments or you know you were maybe uh, c- coming into a base or or coming out you know or, or getting ready to deploy they'd have this phrase hurry up and wait hurry up and wait and it's interesting because God is God is often the same way you know God is very patient and long suffering while He's preparing you you'll have to wait and wait and wait and wait thirteen years thirteen birthdays thirteen Thanksgivings alone. 13 Christmases, alone. 13 long years that Joseph spent, alone. But when God decides to move, he moves quickly. I mean, in an hour, Joseph becomes the most powerful man. Advancement will come if you can make it through the adversity. But the sad part is that most of us quit halfway through the adversity, and God can never advance us. God's plan was to promote Joseph through Pharaoh. And Joseph has now graduated from the school of trials of God. The days of adversity for Joseph are now over, and the days of advancement are before him. And you know, one of the first, and it becomes very clear that he was ready for this position as we get into the story of him meeting his brothers and stuff. But you know what's one of the first inclinations that we get of Joseph being ready for this position is this. Now, I don't know if he was there, but I would imagine he had to have been. When this whole event took place, when they brought in this young man, when the butler opened his mouth and he said, you know what, there was a Hebrew young man. I've got to imagine that the captain of the guard, who was in charge of protecting Pharaoh, Potiphar must have been there and he must have heard the butler say, wait, you're talking about who? A young Hebrew? Yeah, yeah, you're young. And he even said, the captain, he was assuming the captain of the guard. And I can imagine as Joseph you know, comes out and as Potiphar watches, or maybe if he wasn't there, as he heard this, uh, you know, uh, take place, and you got to understand, Potiphar now works for Joseph. Could, could you imagine how that dinner conversation must have been that night at, the Pot- at Potiphar's house? Sitting down there in front of his wife. Saying, hey, you remember that Joseph? You remember that servant that you said he tried to rape you and stuff? You, know, you imagine her look on her face 13 years later. Yeah? What about it? Well, I, I was just wondering, you know, hope you weren't lying about that. Well, why? Why do you care about some shit? Well, the thing is that tomorrow i got to report to him. He's not the most powerful man in Egypt. And it's funny how God turns the tables so quickly. But you know what I love about Joseph? We don't hear him. We don't read about Joseph. Getting revenge on Potiphar. Getting revenge on Potiphar's wife. We don't even read about him confronting the butler and saying, Man, what took so long? Two years? Good night. Joseph was patient. Joseph was ready. Joseph was prepared for this moment. Let me tell you something. Every single one of us have a moment in life that God has prepared us for. Including Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's entire ministry was bringing him for a specific moment when he was to die on the cross. And you and I, God has prepared us, God has a will, God has a plan. But let me tell you something. Most of us are enrolled in God's school, learning the lessons of life. Let me ask you a few questions. How are you doing? We ask these kids, how are you doing in school? Let me ask you this, how are you doing in school? Are you preparing to graduate? Or are you failing every test? Some of us will never graduate from God's school because we just can't seem to pass those tests, those trials, those tribulations. 
if God, if you're going to meet God's will for your life of advancing you, you're going to have to make it through those 13 years, those 5 years, those 20 years, those however many years of adversity. Advancement will come once you're prepared through adversity. Are you ready to graduate? See, I believe, people ask me often this question. Pastor Jimenez, do you think your church will ever take off? Do you think it will ever really grow and just have a great ministry? I don't know. I would hope it would. But I'll tell you what. While we're going through these stages in life where it might be a little hard, people might leave, people might get mad, people might come and then they go and whatever, you know, we just got to be faithful and walk through it. I believe God has something great for our church. I believe God has something great for me. I believe God has something great for my wife and my kids. And I honestly, with all my heart, believe God has something great for each and every one of you. But you must pass the test. Joseph passed his test, blind colors, every single one of them. And in a moment, God advanced them. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear Father, we love you, Lord, so much. Thank you for our church. Thank you, Lord, for the life of Joseph. Lord, I'm so amazed by this young man whose character and integrity was so great. And Lord, I ask that you just help each and every one of us. As you test us and as you try us, help us, Lord, to see those as test and understand that God is still on the throne. God is still in control. We love you, Father. In your precious name I pray. Amen.